Welcome to Cinema Bushido, badass movie talk about badass movies. I'm your host, Matthew Whitaker, and with me as always is my pain from another strain, my bro, Mr. Lee Van Cleef. Lee, how you doing? Hey, buddy. Every day's a holiday. How you doing today? Good. We have a very special guest with us tonight. He runs the DVD Bunker over on the Tough channel on YouTube, a delightful show that asks the question, does this movie I chose to go out, spend my hard-earned money, and collect stand up to time, and I imagine stand up to sobriety. Welcome, Brian Hurst. How's it going, Brian? Pretty good, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You're also a recurring guest on the Tough Channel's Fan Friction Show, right? It's like a battle of the geeks over movie topics, and uh, if I understand it right, aren't you even a champion? Yeah, I am the current and inaugural Fan Friction champion. Um, hard couple of hard fought battles, and then I took a pretty bad beating in a non title match. Oh, so, all right, but hey, you know I'm humble in defeat. Hey, I've seen so, during the the DVD bunker episodes, you've got the badass uh, belt behind you, which uh, oh I don't yeah, know. proudly displayed for sure. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, uh, tonight we are discussing a truly iconic movie released in 1987, what some even call a retelling of the birth of Christ. We have RoboCop. The classic tale of man merged with machine. Tonight, I'm pairing my RoboCop talk with a local IPA from Bowie Brewing out of uh, out by the house of where the Goonies lived in Astoria, Oregon. Um, I'm going to ask you, Lee, because I always ask you, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm drinking a Woodford Reserve, and uh, I follow it. I chase, uh, I chase it up with like a, a light beer. And I was going to say, Astoria is the oldest... Um, established uh part of the united states west of the mississippi oh well thanks for that bit of trivia and aren't you always having a woodford reserve or do all whiskeys sound the same to me yeah or it's a rebel reserve oh you had the rebel right i I asked you if it had the the flag the rebel or the scotch is is usually my go-to but i i felt like a a woodford reserve would be apropos for the the uh, podcast today i like it well you know i would i love scotch myself but i feel like if i um consumed anywhere near as much as you do i wouldn't be able to do the intro to cinema bushido (laughs) so yep you would still be as sexually attractive though and that's really all that matters at the end of the day it's because i'm so tall (laughs) (laughs) brian what are you having this evening to talk about robocop what what you mentioned you had some leftover beers from uh, 12 Pack. Uh, yeah, I had a uh, one of those little Leinenkugel samplers, so I'm polishing off some Harvest Patch Shandy and Maple Dunkel. It's pretty pedestrian. I mean, had I known that we were going to be sitting down and drinking, <laughs> I probably would have gotten myself. So I love there's this uh, black rum called uh, Kraken. Uh, yep. So good. Mix that with a little bit of Coke for me. That's like my go-to drink. But this is fine. This is just like an everyday, like like I said, we're just polishing this off. That sounds beautiful. It also sounds very autumnal, you know? It is, yeah. I mean, the Harvest Patch Shandy is literally like a pumpkin spice beer. Mm-hmm. So we're getting into that season. You know, it's August, so that's time to start bringing out your harvest shit, I guess. Right. I like it. Well, uh, RoboCop. Um, you know, I actually have to throw out there. I work in IT. I've worked in IT for years. Um, computers robocopy right i just can't talk about robocop without talking about robocopy which is robust copy a microsoft command line file transfer tool um they named it after robocop but robocop was first but robocopy i use it all the damn time we're gonna start with you brian what are your thoughts robocop 
Oh, I have so many thoughts. Um, I mean, this is a you know, this is a classic. Uh, Paul Verhoeven has made like three of these type of movies. In my opinion, he made this. He made Total Recall, and he made Starship Troopers, which are like sci-fi satires. I guess Total Recall to a slightly less extent, but definitely, obviously, this and uh, Starship Troopers are really like thick with social and political satire and stuff. So, you know, I love that element of it, and that's something that like really increased my appreciation of it as an adult. Because when you're a kid, and what's great is that. When this movie came out, these type of movies were marketed to kids. So that's just, I mean, that's amazing, right? Right. <laughs> like, but, uh, but yeah, like when you grow up and you go back and you're like, yeah, this is still a fun action movie. But like I never understood all the, you know, the jokes about all the advertisements and all the different news stories and the way that all played in and all the, you know, that, so that, that was, that made it so much better as an adult. And I think that's why, what makes these type of movies like classics. That's what makes them hold up. That's what brings people back. That's what keeps people talking about them. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> I give it out for free every week. So it's just, I spew those opinions out like nothing, man. <laughs> I, uh, I was going to say that the, uh, the thing that stood out to me about this movie in, as as a whole is that it was before the age of the gentrification of action movies. So, you know, not only is there the pastiche element as I mean as her says, you know, it's 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 a good point that it's that the pastiche element is very thick in the movie and in Starship Troopers in particular as well. And it's, and it's like, it's got, it's, it's a subtle intellectual nuance into economics and, you know, geopolitical perspectives. But the, the thing that most stuck out to me is that this was a very beautiful, violent film that was disrespectful and not in the way uh, and not in like when you go to a trivia pub, uh, pub trivia and like those people who only get like one or two answers, right? That not in that kind of disrespectful, but like in the idea of the sanctity of life, this movie is disrespectful. It's just like, oh, this guy's just been completely destroyed. He looks like Swiss cheese. Somebody call a medic. Shit. Now, now we're going to be set back like 50 million in interest payments alone. It's like, it, it it's so exaggerated and so fun and not serious and not even though it's got tension and drama it's not a a movie that focuses on that that's not the theme the theme is we're going to have a great time we're going to tell a great story and we're going to have the most underrated musical score in cinematic history well i have to throw out um you brought up his murder already which is great we have no order to this but it was that was where i like whap myself in the head i'm like oh this was the 80s like we didn't we didn't care about that level of absolute carnage. I mean, they blow his hand off. They shoot the shit out of him. They're giving him uh, a defib, a defib, like while he has, still has like gaping holes in his chest. I'm like, like let's not bandage him up or anything before we. Can I ask? Can I? How does he stay standing when they're like unloading shotguns into him? <laughs> he stands there, and there's like four guys with shotguns just laying. And what do we call them? Like the dumb laugh gang. What do you think Clarence Boddicker's name of his gang was? The stupid laugh gang because they were cackling up a storm. <laughs> but they're just unloading shotguns into that guy, and he stood there. But I have to say that that hand getting blown off. And then, like 
like that death scene. Yeah. I realized rewatching this movie again how many like kind of firsts I had with this one. And that was definitely one of my first really like graphic practical violence moments. And where does this it becomes the ultimate revenge film, right? You don't even know it yet. He's yeah. about to die, he's about to become a robot, it's gonna be a sci fi thriller about the police. I also have the uh, unrated cut. I don't know if you guys have ever watched it. It's even more graphic and horrifyingly gory. It's that, amazing. That is the one I watched, exactly. That's the one I watched, yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Let's see. That definitely came to the right place then. <laughs> well, maybe that's gonna... it. Like, when it first came out, it wasn't that bad. Because I know watching it again, watching this, like, director's cut, whatever I had, I'm like, oh my god, like, they're not messing around. There's, like, carnage. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I have a deep abiding respect for that. In fact, you know, I hadn't seen this movie since I was five. And uh, <laughs> I remembered that death scene. Like, I, as soon as he it started doing that, 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 uh, that Caddyshack, you know, like, nah, 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 I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, I remembered it. I was like, that left an indelible mark on my fragile little psyche. It was beautiful. God yeah, bless but- the man who made this movie. He's doing God's work. <laughs> but did, did, uh, did, did Peter Weller and Lewis, did they kind of have it coming for being crappy cops, right? Oh, heck yeah. I mean, they like, asked for it. He's hanging out the window, John Woo style, firing two pistols. No police officer shoots two pistols. That is not a thing. And, like, and then she is like the most terrible cop, and they don't, they go in with no backup. So, I mean, Brian, like, <laughs> Brian, you just said it. What, there was that one scene, it's the turning point. There's no backup available. <laughs> he says, "Well, hey, Lewis, should we do it anyway?" And she says, "Yeah." <laughs> well, she, yeah. I mean, she, let me guess: does she snap her gum first? Right. Yeah. Let's I mean, do it. The, because the movie has established that it's not going to be serious, right? Like, I mean, nobody. No, if you've ever worn armor, there's no such thing as Velcro straps for it. <laughs> you know? I mean, like the movie is more. It's not about. It's not about being martial or serious. It's about. Being fun, you know, the movie, like, there's, like, literally an upbeat tone as, like, as people are straight getting murdered by But I think, yeah, I was gonna say, like, I think that's the thing, the tone is kind of light until the horrifically graphic violence happens, and then you're like, holy shit! (laughs) Well, if you read the history on it, um, not to say everyone should or or even would, but I read um, that they added in all of the weird... um, like the advertisements and stuff after the fact because they felt it was too dark. What would this film have been like if it was just that carnage, a little bit of cheeky kind of cop stuff, but not like the over the top, like this is the future and everything's different and cheesy. It probably would have just been a thrown away as a Terminator knockoff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it just, Oh, sci-fi. Cause there are a lot of those, you know, there's tons of, shitty B movies that have those you know all the same elements it's the, all that smart satire that's in there that yeah. kind of sets it apart alright I'll buy that and it also makes the world a, a little bit a little bit yeah <laughs> exactly it also makes the world a little bit more uh, um, more real you know we and it's 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 funny because it it's actually kind of prescient the satire is actually prescient in a lot of ways about uh, a lot of things that happen in our world so you and you kind of feel like you get a uh, a perspective into the 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 um the worldview of the director when you see it you're like oh okay all right i got you he's a real mensch you know he gets what's going on well yeah and i would say definitely if you add what you learn in this to what you learn in starship troopers you definitely get a real idea where he's coming from absolutely he did not play around there my most memorable scenes from starship troopers gore right 
Oh, yeah. Really good practical gore. Yeah. And ama- like, I remember that was one of the first movies, even though it was this crazy uh, like space movie. I felt like this really shows the horror of war. Absolutely. Like this is a movie like this is a movie that does not pull punches about what fucking war is like. Yeah. I, I think the most um the most telling thing for me is the neoconservative like wet dream that is in the beginning with Radcheck oh, sure. the teacher. I mean that yeah. really stood out to me. I was like, well, as as I watched it as a as a as a as a grown up, so called, as opposed to like when it first came out, which was the greatest movie trailer ever. I will contend, um, just solely one based of the on t- the most song. terrible movie titles. I remember the title of the movie. I remember watching the trailer and being like, "Man, this looks awesome." Then be like, "Starship Troopers," and that totally turned me off. And I didn't see it till video. Yeah, as an '80s guy, it made me think of uh, what's the other Starship? You know, the kid with the video game console. Oh, uh, the last Starfighter. Last Starfighter, right? Yeah, I'm like Starship Troopers, last Starfighter. It's pretty much the same thing, and then obviously they're entirely yeah. different. Entirely. Well, you guys have no instincts because I like was excited about that from the get go. Like all I had to hear was the the Blur Two song, and I was sold. I didn't care if they called it dog shit. I'd have been like, yeah, this is the greatest thing ever. And then it had a handsome guy throwing a grenade in this giant monster's mouth. I was like, this is. The greatest thing ever. I actually love that movie. With, I think it was, took one of my Biden friends being like, hey, it has nudity in it. Then I had, that set me like, oh, maybe I will check it out, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's a compelling argument, of course. Of I have course. watched the movie Cemetery Man multiple times just because of that scene on the grave where, um, oh, I can't even think of his name anymore. But yeah, he has sex with the NFL G. I mean... I'm just throwing it out. I'm just throwing it out. There was a good part of my VHS collection that precedes the DVD bunker back when it was just the VHS bunker. Uh, Those there are a lot of VHS tapes that got bought because they had nudity in them. I'm not gonna lie. Pre-internet, you know, what could you do? Right, we did what we had to do. Like there were a lot of VHS tapes that got erased and recorded over because (laughs) of nudity on TV. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. The little softcore board. Yeah, people look great. back on it like, oh, the internet was around in '96. Like, just because it was around doesn't mean I could even get a picture of what I thought was Jillian Anderson topless and to download in less than an hour. Like, they, so don't tell me what was around. Like, and they charged you by the hour for in a lot of cases. It was absolutely. not what it was. Well, but you today. just threw in another AOL disc. Yeah, more free exactly. time. They were just coming yeah. hot mail all the time. <laughs> Have you looked at Have you looked at free porn tours? Here's another AOL disc. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I have to ask you guys. Uh, th- there is something about this, um, and Paul Verhoeven has uh, has owned up to it. Maybe in the commentary of some uh, DVD release, or maybe in a documentary or something. I don't know. But this is the retelling of like Christ, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's killed and he comes back to life and he. He doesn't get revenge in, in, I guess, in the Bible in quite the same way. But eventually... <laughs> Jesus is revenge. <laughs> I know, right? Eventually he walks on water, as a lot of people love to point out about this when they're at that uh, old, you know, factory. Steel mill. Steel mill. What do you think? Well, I'll tell you what. I've, I've heard this before. Can I just, like, throw a little twist on it? We can come back to this and just... Please? Like, let me throw a little twist at you. I was getting a real Frankenstein vibe from it as I watched it this time. You know, you have the creation who's abandoned by and like kind of wronged by his creator. Uh, really, in the scene where he like 
come where he's coming out of the OCP and the cops are there waiting on him. They're machine gunning him down. So it really oh. felt very like townspeople like kind of turning on him and then him like holding up. I mean, I'm just a big fan. Frankenstein's like my one of my all time favorite books, and I love all. There's so many good interpretations. So maybe I've just had it on the brain, but there was definitely some little like. I mean, I know the Jesus thing has been validated. I get it. That's a thing. But like, is there also an element that maybe a you know, of this kind of, like, Frankenstein allegory, too? I would say more so. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, you said it. it it's not, because it's not Jesus, right? He's reborn, but he goes to get revenge. And I, Frankenstein doesn't exactly do that either, but he's he's come upon by these adversaries right. that are the villagers, and yeah, why not? I mean, that's I, just, you know, I'm just having some fun with it. <laughs> I, would, I would say, well, the, the difference is, is that there's a more deeper element of betrayal in this film when the plot thickens because RoboCop helped keep those people alive in Detroit. And, um, the like, he cops comes in and like basically saves the police force. He's a one man army. Mm-hmm. Like he comes in and drops crime by like 80%. And the police didn't exactly betray him until they were given the like directives to from the company. It was the, it was the bad guys. The OCP security too. It's not real clear where the line is on that either. So well, those guys, those guys are SWAT. So what happened is, yeah. is that the beat cops who recognize that, Hey, Robocop is the reason why I'm not one of the five that like died Murphy. this week. Um, they, 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 they abandon the idea of attacking him, but there's a sense of betrayal because, you know, when SWAT was trying to, uh, handle the, the hostage situation at city hall, who was the one who saved their ass? Robocop. And so there's a, there's a deep abiding sense of betrayal, but I would say that if this is a retelling of Jesus, then, I have no idea what kind of LSD the writers do, but I am completely interested in it because I, that there is like nothing Messiah complex about it. Like right. uh, this guy is into his own. It, it, once he realizes who he was, all he really cares about is his own uh, vengeance. He doesn't. He's not like I'm here to save the world, nah, brah. I'm here to fuck up who I'm going to call Red. I don't, there you go. I so can, maybe it's bullshit. Oh, the Kurtwood Smith, man. Yeah. Oh, we can talk about Clarence Boddicker. That's probably top five 80s movie villains, right? At least. He's high up there. Uh, Clarence Boddicker is so good. I, I kept I kept waiting to hear him say dumbass the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I was No, like, his best his best line is when he breaks in to uh kill Miguel Ferrar and he just goes Bitches leave. That's exactly what I wrote. I wrote Oh that my was, god, I love that. I line. wrote that he was pressing it. That he started a trend. <laughs> he was like, bitches leave. Yeah, I was like, yeah, bitches. Okay, Get wait, the fuck out. Let me throw in here. Two, uh, I can't call them cameos. Two actors that eventually go to work together in a creepy cult show. Um, that is uh, Ray Wise and Miguel Ferrer uh, in Twin Peaks. So, oh. you know, Ray Wise, um, I forget his name in this, but, you know, he's that, that cheesy guy that they kill. Uh, I don't know if he kills him in the club, right? He goes to kick RoboCop in the in the groin, and he hurts his foot, and his gun flips over into maybe I think that's um, Paul Leon Verhoeven's Nash, thing. brah, Leon Nash. <laughs> well, then Miguel Ferrer, yeah. So Miguel Ferrer played uh, FBI agent Albert Rosenfeld, and of course uh, Ray Wise in Twin Peaks played uh, Laura Palmer's dad, who was eventually mm. the guy who was possessed that had actually killed and raped her or whatever. Ray Wise is a creep. Miguel Ferrer is a real creep. 
Yeah. Uh, Miguel Ferrer, to me, will always, like, the first thing I think I ever saw him as was The Stand, uh, Stephen, the TV movie oh, of The Stand. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, great character actor. Always love to see Miguel Ferrer pop up. But I do think this movie's a little overloaded with villains. Oh, God, like, yeah. Like, why are there so many white businessman villains in this movie? <laughs> There's so much political infighting and like corporate espionage and like stuff between those guys. There are like two like, good guys. The the one is the, the the black police chief and then Lewis. Yeah, yeah. And Robocop, but that's it. Everyone else yeah. sucks. All the other cops are being mean to him when he's coming and in. Lewis kind of he... sucks too. She's not great. If they didn't have that scene where Lewis shows it like helps him calibrate his uh his uh, his gun, she would be totally useless in this movie. I mean, she, they give her a, like a, a validation scene when she like gets shoved off, admittedly by a cuffed male. But she just like she just introduces him to whatever her little karate bullshit is, and whoops his ass. And then the police chief's like, "Are you done fucking around?" I like the police police chief. My my um, my intro to this movie was that these are a bunch of cops who are trying to turn chicken shit in a chicken shit salad. You know, yeah. And, and the uh, the only thing harder than their beat was their police chief. So I, I appreciate that. I've lived that in some respects in real life. And, man, when you get somebody who's just a real uh, – who's just who's just always making you – who's always busting your balls, you know, you just – you wear them on – you wear your ovaries on the outside and you get through it. And when you come out of it, you always you always think, oh, I'm much better for it. You know, you don't, you don't love them at the time. But when you come away from it, you know, you're like, man – Whatever, whatever impurities were ha- were definitely hammered out through that period. So, I appreciate that. That and, was some and, that was some kind of feminism thing uh, that I read. That uh, Paul Verhoeven was like, "Well, I didn't want to show that you know it was like a woman. I wanted that's why her hair was short and stuff." But no, everyone knew. And yeah, she well, looked, she walks with that real. You know, she's got like her knees t- tied together. She walks like a girl. You know what I mean? She's always kind of eh, mincing around yep. and stuff. They give her that establishing scene to show her at the beginning where she like throws that guy around in the police station. But that's what I'm saying. She doesn't live up to that at all as the movie goes on. She, like, she looks at that black man's penis. And that's gets my kicked. favorite part. Yeah, she, she is caught off, off guard yeah. by a penis. <laughs> Detroit Black Snake, please. <laughs> As is the appropriate term. So, Why does he kill her? By the way, well, he thinks she's dead. So yeah. he came down. Oh, and he's all falls fired over up. Railing or something doesn't. I know. Play. All he had to do was look over the edge and see that she was still moving because she was. Like he's like, ah, oh, I killed people, her. People, people get up without any kind of real serious injury after following a couple stories in the steel mill every day. All right. <laughs> Right, it's totally plausible. Like, we're not gonna... not a place where people get hurt. What are you talking we're about? We're not redoing the sign that talks about how many days since the last accident. So just get up and move on. Fuck your OSHA and fuck your gravity, because this is a movie that's going to be great. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so we didn't talk about the great Ed Two Hundred Nine scene yet. Ooh, and it is a good scene. First thing I want to say about it is I love stop motion in these. Like I watched RoboCop and RoboCop Two. And, man, there's some awesome stop motion. And it really makes how shitty the green screen is stand out a couple of different times because the stop motion looks really tight. And the green screen is like, eh. I have one line in my notes. Stop motion for the win. It was so good. That's exactly what I said. Oh, my God. Stop cheating off my paper, ghost, you fuck. That's exactly (laughs) what I wrote. FTW, motherfucker. For the win, baby. It's oh, so oh awesome. and we're already scheduling my comeback to this show. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it, right? He looked awesome. 
at two and nine. And my God, I wanted to hear what you thought about the caliber of uh, guns they used. Well, you do know that I, I have a whole paper on it. <laughs> I bet you do. I mean, that N209 had some major guns. Well, the thing is, is that I felt that outside of the score, the thing is, is that when you go to see a movie today, it's like they have some guy who's like probably prior special forces, maybe an officer who's like, this is a they, they fucking beat their hand on the chest. Like, and this guy, whoever was advising this movie was like, listen, I have a shit ton of guns. And, um, there's a couple of treats that we get that we don't get anymore. And there's, first of all, like there's a lot of exotic guns that never get really showcased. You got to catch it. But then my favorite thing, first of all, the automatic pistol. I mean, that needs to be in more movies. I was, I was so excited. It was beautiful. I was like, I was like, Oh my God, Robocop. All he has is, is an auto. I think it's a nine by how big the barrel is, but it's an automatic pistol. And I, I like, literally had to change my condom and then we got desert eagles up in this bitch i was like oh my god yes and usually if a movie has a desert eagle there's only like one and it's like not very prominent and this desert eagle keeps appearing and i was just like yes and then my favorite was the mark six i haven't seen that i can you know you're gonna have to look into that ghost because i i no longer dishonor myself with google but um (laughs) i i i I haven't seen a mark six in forever i i can't remember the last time i saw it in a movie and i was like oh my god this is great and then you know we got like the mac 10 and i saw tech nine i caught i saw like i don't know two different kinds of uzis hey are these are these all rappers I know, right? <laughs> I think they're Indian names. Okay. And and then uh and then uh I was just like, man, this is great. And then like the shotguns. I mean like Oh my god. The only thing that was missing was an automatic shoddy. That would have put it over the top. I mean there was like and then you know my favorite part is that they must have set a record for like six shotguns in one scene. Five that were being held when they kill RoboCop. Yeah. And then, and that then one nuts. by the dead guy. But failed to knock him down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But he stood there. It didn't cut him in half. Yeah. But it was just like, man, it was just like anybody who can respect the Remington 870 that's been around for, you know, going on 150 years. And it's just like, I mean, name, name your cause. You want to defend your home or you want to defend yourself from zombies? I mean, that that is the gun, you know. It's just like, oh my god, it's so great. And then we get the fifty cal at the end. I was just like, the gun porn in this movie was uh, was. Okay. Uh, I thought those guns, those specialty guns, they just do they just shoot explosions? Is that no. what those are? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, they just shoot little explosions. <laughs> fifty cal. We're gonna take a scope, make it, change it out a little bit, and it's gonna just be uh, explosive rounds. Yeah, yeah so but essentially, it's, it's... yeah, it points at anything. It doesn't have to be a car that has like gas and combustible things. It could nope. be a phone booth. Hit it. Close up that dude at the end. Only after he <laughs> drops the metal on RoboCop, mind you, because again, she's fucking useless. But she shoots that guy in the crane at the end, and it blows up like it was a prop from Demolition Man. It goes up so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the thing that makes it funny is that he had the shot on RoboCop the whole time, right? And right. He, like he stops to, but I mean, like that's that kind of speaks to the movie. The movie is not trying to be realistic; it's trying to be entertaining. Quick thing, trivia: they the whole reason the Desert Eagle was there, it was meant to be RoboCop's gun. It just looked so big in his hand, even with the big bodysuit and everything. Like it's just too big of a gun, so they had to give him that nine millimeter and extend it a little. 
And heresy. Yeah. And that's why they modified it. I because it was like looked a little modded out. Yeah, well, it was. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but I would much prefer. I mean, if you could give me a chance to rewrite it, I'd be like, nah, brah. He gets the he gets the chrome plated uh, uh, Desert Eagle. That is a fucking beautiful to, gun. To Brian's point, it was all these practical effects that they had to do, including his bodysuit. So his bodysuit, I don't know. They, there's a bunch of weird trivia about it. Like they redid the scene where he walks up and tries to grab the car keys, like. 40,000 times because his hands were made out of some sort of foam and the car keys would bounce off of him and it was really hard for him to get him and he was also too big to fit in a car so if you look at the movie anytime yeah, yeah. he's just getting out like getting in or getting get, yeah no it's just him getting out yeah and, and realistically that card would have been bowed down <laughs> pretty bad because of the weight it I, does I, bottom out the first time he drives out of the garage though yeah well, yeah so he, but it would have when been, he, was mean, regular, he was regular like, if when he, he was, was alive. Like, when he was alive, it bottomed out, and then it bottomed out when he was RoboCop. And I think they did that to show it's the same guy. Well, like, I mean, like, let's say that RoboCop is what? I mean, how many pounds do you think RoboCop was? Fuck. Oh, that should have been one of my that should have been one of my trivia. Pounds, at least. <laughs> oh, dude, he's trivia. way over four hundred five hundred pounds. I mean, look at all that. I mean, he's basically impervious to small arms. So that's a lot of like that's a lot of metal. I mean, unless they're using some sort of some shit I don't know about. It is that's... the future. Oh yeah, what what year is it? If I'm asking the movie, I didn't catch that. Uh, it's the future. Is it like 1995? Well, if the movie came out in 87, I believe. This is probably the year 2000. Oh, when, okay. When so we hit. still have we still have shit metals. So I mean, he's got to be <laughs> God, he's got to be. I mean, he's got to be at least a ton, right? I'm I saying mean, you can't guess it because it's future metal. Ah, oh, future metal. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's adamantium. It is right. Yeah, or <laughs> an obtainium. An obtainium. <laughs> maybe Jesus and Buddha had sex, and out came this metal for him. It was perfect. Okay, well, guys, that's that was... Jesus tie-in. I I figured it out. There you go. Thank you. Podcast over. Hey guys, final thoughts. I'll start with you, Lee. I know you uh, you chose this movie, which I forgot to point out earlier. Um, something you saw when you were five years old, which is crazy to me, that you watched again now and saw was like, it obviously made a huge impression. Oh, uh, yeah. Fuck me up for life. Um, yeah. I think a uh, couple impressions were that it was uh, very well done. It was very fun. Uh, it, it, it harkens back to a time that we need to get back to, which is we don't need the gentrification of action films. We need action films to be action films and we need, uh, we need them to be realistic. People need to understand this is what happens when you throw pieces of lead at people. Um, and I thought that the most underrated aspect of the film was the score. I mean, the score to me was really compelling. I, I never Google anything, but I did, I was kind of curious because it reminded me of Conan the Barbarian. And in a way it had like a very like Wagner, um, uh, kind of, it reminded me of Wagner in the way that like the instrumentation goes and then it like, and then it, it gets really transcendent and very like martial in a sense in the way that it goes and very upbeat and very like booming. And, uh, and then I found out, oh yeah, that, the reason why it reminds me of Conan is because the same guy who did the uh, score for this movie did the score for Conan. And I thought in the transition scenes, that was probably one of my favorite parts actually it was the, uh, was the transition scenes and the score that came with it. So I thought it was a great flick. And I think if you're, you know, 12 years old, download it illegally and watch it. It's a great movie. 
Hey, and I'll throw out, as an adult, if you're an adult, I think you can get this maybe on Netflix or something. I don't know for sure. Maybe Amazon. But you could for sure buy it on Amazon, just to be safe. Because you don't want the popo coming into your house. Brian, final thoughts? Uh, yeah, just a couple things I want to touch on. We didn't talk about the guy with the toxic waste, and that is like a seminal moment for me. We're talking oh. about watching this when you're young. Iconic. Seeing that guy stumble out with that, I mean, that like more than like the toxic Avenger or anything else, like hit home the like, do not fuck around with toxic waste. Like you nailed that. And it was probably my first ever uh, car smash where like uh, somebody gets hit by a car and like splatters. That became really popular in like the early 2000s. I mean, they were doing it all the time. But this one, he turns into a slushy. It is disgusting. It's awesome, though. Toxic Avenger 84. <laughs> so, really, yeah. Paul Verhoeven This one like... had more of an effect on me because it was just so horrific. The way his friend reacts when he's trying to, like, grab onto him. And he's yeah. like, oh, get off of me. You know, that's like, that. yeah, like, get the fuck off me. <laughs> well, and trauma, trauma films were just terrible. You knew they were like, ha, ha, ha. This was pretty graphic. I, I feel like I wouldn't oh, have thought about it. effects in this are incredible, for you, sure. You know how when something bothers you really deeply, you pluck it out of your mind? That's the toxic guy scene. Right, absolutely. And uh, I think Clarence Boddicker's death is really satisfying in this. You know, as much as I love Hans Gruber, I feel like a falling death is really a, kind of a letdown. You're just like, oh, so you're just going to fall off a tall thing. And so many movies have that, too. It's like, unless you fall off a tall thing into a helicopter blade, I'm not interested. Like, this was great. That huge blood spray that just, like, hits like, <laughs> like a sack of paintballs hit RoboCop in the chest. It's awesome. It's beautiful. All right, well, that's awesome. Well, and I don't have a lot more to say because I did love this too. Um, uh, most iconic scenes we hit them. Um, uh, Ed two hundred nine stays in my head forever because we even extend that into RoboCop two. Oh, we didn't talk about how Ed two hundred nine roars and screams. Why the hell does he roar like a he lion? He roars, and that's like, and then when he falls down the steps, he screams. He has like cries that almost make him pitiful. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. satisfying when he has the animalistic outbursts, and I, I wrote that he was basically a walking attack chopper. That's what he reminded Robocop's me of. Robocop's lucky he found those stairs. He was getting his whole ass whooped by a oh. 209. Heck yeah, well, that's the big guns. Well, <laughs> stairs are the always the natural enemy of, forgive me, is the parlance of our times for hippie stupid bullshit person of size? <laughs> totally. um, you know, so for people of size... You know, Robocop was like, hey, no, man, you're these good. stairs. That people are still the people we're allowed to shame. That's the uh, only group you're still allowed to shame because it's technically their fault. Yeah. Hey, I you're mean, a big guy. You can't handle the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so anyway, and I mean, for he, me, I, I am a big guy and it's more going upstairs that I have oh, a problem with. Sure. Down. I can do down all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, OK. So we're going to do our top six. Top six. Uh, we do this every episode. Uh, it's it's often uh, Lee has to do all six, and if he gets at least three right, he wins. It's very math, rare. It's math, very rare. Math I made up in the old days, and uh, I think he's won twice out of seven or so um, episodes that we've, that we've done. So what I'm doing when I have a guest is that we'll alter, alternate between you'll do one, he'll do two, or vice versa, he'll do one, you'll do two. Um, sure. uh, I think last time we just said, well, guest goes first. Um Lee, because it's always you that has to deal with the fact whether you've won or lost, why don't you choose whether to go first or second? I always go second because that gives me more time to drink while you guys are sitting there talking. Okay. 
It's fair. All right, so top six. We're going to start with Brian. Number one, the gore was gratuitous. Beautiful, in fact. How many cuts do you think they had to make before this went from being a rated X film to a rated R film? And you can be close. Think about it for a minute. Just imagine how many it might take. And uh, we're, we're fuzzy with the answer. It doesn't have to be exact, but it needs to be close. Like, it needs to feel close. I want to say three cuts. I would call that a fail. It was 11 cuts. Oh, wow. Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) They're like, do it again. They were cutting out a second at a time, and they were like, nope, not good enough. Fine, we'll take out one more second of gore. Robocop's cock needs to be out in the gas station (laughs) scene. I was like, I was thinking that. Oh, my God. Stop reading my mind. How will people know he's serious if he doesn't have his pants down in the gas station scene? They're like, how can he fuck that guy's ass if he doesn't (laughs) fuck that guy's ass? I don't understand. Okay, Lee, you're up. Uh, I hope this isn't too easy. I, I don't want this to seem like I'm being like I'm coming down on my guests. This one is a really dumb, easy question because it's just. Don't dumb. worry, I'll fuck it up. Let's. I do hope. This. I hope you do. Uh, me Can too. Can you imagine the cost of a RoboCop suit? That's not easy. I mean, what am I? I wasn't born in 1963 or whenever yeah, you were born. Just for inflation. Like yeah. We're talking like, about now? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the cost during the movie to to put this suit together, to put on to Peter Weller, what did it cost? I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I don't know, $800. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad you got that wrong. It's a million dollars. See, I just would have answered a million dollars because I'm like, well, what does it cost a RoboCop? Yeah, it cost a million. Well, it's it's hard. You got to factor in, like, are we talking about, like, the estimated cost of what a real RoboCop would cost, <laughs> or is this? Yeah, I'm like, I'm is like, the fi- what is the metal painted fiberglass cost? Yes. No, this I'm was like, like there are some people in China. Well, that will make that suit for 800 bucks. I oh, guarantee. For sure, but not back then. They they wanted it to be original, and they made the foam and the the metal and a million dollars. Million. I'm telling, I'm telling you right now that somebody had a connection. There's no way that foam and fake metal cost a million dollars. Yeah, I'm just glad it was a good trivia question. So You guys want to hear a, a little factoid that came with my DVDs? It says, prior to RoboCop's release, actors wearing fiberglass replicas of RoboCop costumes could be spotted at malls in major cities throughout the United States and Canada. RoboCops were also spotted at an auto race in Florida and a laser show in Boston. Is there anything more 80s than a laser show? Oh, no. No, not at all. And that's where the million dollars went. They had to build like 50 of them so people could promote the movie. Wait a minute. So you go 50 divided by a million, and that's how you get the cost of the suit. (laughs) Your math is terrible. You're not even Asian. I demand an Asian person rule on this one. Yeah, well, you're not going to get it. You lost. You both lost so far. Number three is going to Brian. Uh, and I don't know. This one I actually thought might have been more of a leak question. Um, I'm going to throw it out there, and if you fail, I'll give Lee a chance to steal, just out of the fact that it has something to do with the military. Let's go for it. The Ed 209 was based on two things. One was a Vietnam-era weapon. Do you care to take a guess on what that was? You have to be imaginative. Think of like the top of Ed 209. What does it look like? Yeah, I want to say maybe like a helicopter. No, yeah, it was a helicopter. Uh, can you be more specific? And I don't think anyone... I can. Okay. I did an Apache. Nope, Apache <laughs> came after that. It's a Huey. Um, uh, it says a Bell helicopter, whatever that is. Bell Bell made Huey. So what happens is, is that uh, 
Johnson, what happens is, is that President jo- okay, so before we go into Vietnam, like what happens is is that we're in there, but we have like these things called war advisors, right? And they're like helping the Vietnamese and we're funneling our um arms in there, and we got the French and we're helping the French try to keep their colony. Johnson gets in, and Johnson is probably one of the dirtiest people in American politics ever. Well, did he kind of uh, have Kennedy killed? I mean, let's just come right out with it, right? I, I mean, I'm not going to speak to that, but I do know <laughs> one thing. I do know one thing. His wife buys a bunch of Bell helicopter stock, and then boom, all of a sudden, everything that we're doing needs Bell helicopters, including the Huey, which is what they use. So the 20 millimeter cannon on front is the 20 millimeter cannons that he has on both sides. Ah, see, I'm glad I gave it to Brian. He got it. And it wasn't you that had that much fucking history on it? Okay, how about the legs? If either of you just wants to throw it out there. Um, I've never heard of this. It's called, uh, if you if anyone wants to guess, I'll pause for a second. Well, no, nope. you got me. I don't it know. It is called the Zentradi Battle Pod Mecha from something called Robotech. All right, Lee, you're up. It's now one two zero. It's your right. chance to step it up. Hey, no, no, you know, hold on. Let me let me finish my drink here. My my drinky poo, as my spirit animal, Mister Leahy, says. Oh yeah, you're gonna like this one. I think you might get it. I would never. Ah, uh, you know, I you know how I am. I, I would I, I would never get it. Are you ready? I I never win these. I'm ready. Go ahead. What former president was hired to endorse the film? Oh, Ronald Reagan. Nope. <laughs> yeah. You you want to try again? No, you can't. It's over. Um, oh, because he wasn't a former president at the time in no, 1987. He, he wasn't. Okay, hold on. I know I'm not going to get it right, but let me think again. All right. I'm going to say... I'm going to say... I'll give you the rest of it. He promoted can I, this... I was going to say, can I steal this one? I he, know this one. He promoted the video release, <laughs> and he got $25,000 that he gave to the American Boys Club. But now let Lee give a chance. If he can throw it out there, fine. I'm glad to know that... Uh, I'm going to say President Ford. Nope. No? Damn. Would you like to steal, sir? That would be uh, President Nixon. <laughs> that is correct. I'll buy that for a dollar. Dead damn cunt Nixon. <laughs> Took us off the gold standard and everything. Closed the fucking the window. Part, oh, man. Then Ford gave him the pardon, too? Fuck that guy. <laughs> Terrible. Nixon's a real cunt. Okay, so the next question... We're topical here. That's right. We'll talk about Nixon. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I feel like if he isn't dead, he should be planning to be. He's uh, he's dead. He died in the Oh, okay. Well, whatever. (laughs) He died while Futurama was having him be the president (laughs) on Futurama. So that's good. But we are on to number five. And so far, I think we have one point, and it's to Brian. No, he stole. That's two. It's two. No, it wasn't a real steal. I don't allow steals. I, I just allowed Brian to show off his, you know, flex his, his muscles to show that he knew I'm actually just flexing my muscles right now, like oh. I'm looking at them myself. Yeah. Very oh, you guys can't see me, That's but all. I am doing it. It's not a top six point. I only have six of these. I can't just give them out. So Brian's have... like, uh, are you looking for the gun show? Because all I got cannons here. Babe. So the only one we have so far is that the Ed 209 was based on a helicopter, which is cool. And I do think that does really look like the type of helicopter. So let's move on. Uh, this one is on to Brian, and Brian, um, I didn't plan this one well. I think I'm going to give it to you, since you have the only point so far, I'm just going to give you the hard question. Can you name all three, I know there's four, name all three of the prime directives of RoboCop? Oh, that's easy. Well, shut oh, up. Oh, yeah, I don't... I, I mean... wrote those down. <laughs> you did not get this question. Maybe next time you should yeah, give it a Yeah, I didn't write them down. Sheet. I mean, I'm sure it's like protect and serve and... <laughs> 
I no, I don't know. Okay, so you had the first word of two of the directives, protected serve. <laughs> if you can come up with the third word that was on the third one. Um Uphold. Yes, you got it. That's two points. <sighs> and fourth is don't arrest. Well, you the can't kill the OCP guys. That's the <laughs> no, 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 no. You can't arrest the OCP guys. Yeah, Nicely done, Ryan. That was a good save. Serve, protect, <laughs> uphold. It is serve the public trust, protect the innocent, uphold the law. Nice. And it says in the trivia, because I just, you know, I don't come up with these myself. It's reminiscent of the three laws of robotics as devised by Isaac Asimov. Yeah, because and... robots are supposed to not be able to kill anybody. Right. Yep. Yep. All right, Lee, you're up. But Will Smith found out the hard way that they yeah. can. So you have two. There's actually no way Lee can win except for the fact that I inadvertently wrote down seven questions. I'm and actually, a freaking champion, guys. Didn't no, you know no. I'm a winner? It's I'm a, true. Yeah. I'm a winner, man. Yeah, I don't do trivia. That's not my thing. So I'm ready to do this. Trivia being from the Romans when you would put news on the road posts, by the way. I'm ready to go. Let's I like this. that. All right. What comic book entity was the inspiration for RoboCop? There are two right answers. I'd say Judge Dredd right away. That is one of the two right answers, and that's all you needed to get the one point. If well, you can I, come up I, with I the mean, second the, the, one... The ending was very Dredd-esque. If you, if you can come it's up like, with the second one... I would say... Give me a second. Let me... Hold on, let me... No, you won't know. It's very specific. They even show the comic in the movie on, like, stands as RoboCop's walking through, like, the gas station and shit. So, uh, I don't know. His name is Rom, the Space Knight. Who sounds like a real cunt. Thank you, Rom. Appreciate All right, so that. my last question was only there if we would have accidentally ruined one of the other questions during the whole thing. I'm just going to throw it out there because I wrote it down. Um, and either one of you can just jump in and throw it out there. Brian, you've already won. Pat yourself on the back. I'm going to give a clap. Yeah. I'm doing that. I'm, I'm patting myself. <laughs> Not on the back, though, in the genitals. No. I was going to say, that sounds like a fap. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear it now, too. Yeah. Okay. Um, the only character to make it to all three original RoboCop movies. Who was it? Lewis. Oh, oh I have no idea. Yeah. Ah, Brian got it again. So, gosh, <laughs> if there would have been a tiebreaker, that would have been especially embarrassing for you, Lee. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen t- RoboCop 3. <laughs> but he flies in RoboCop 3. Come on. Uh, he has a re- he has an interchangeable gun arm in that one. It's not good. It's real terrible. Two is <laughs> yeah. good though. I really like RoboCop two. I, yeah, I whole, saw two. I both. Like I, I said, two. I could we could have done a whole other episode about RoboCop two right now. Two is a great comedy. Mm-hmm. It's it, in the way that the the original one satires like eighties corporate you know greed and all that. The the second one's all about the war on drugs. And it's got a really great cast because it's got uh, the guy from Manhunter in it, who I love, Tom Noonan. And And it parodies the first. Absolutely. Much like Gremlins. Yeah, it's very much like the Gremlins thing. I mean, at the end of two, they're full on. OCP has red flags with black. I mean, it's full on. They have their own stormtroopers. Like, they're not subtle about the Nazi imagery at the end of two at all. It's really great. So... Brian was the winner of the top six slash seven. Thanks for indulging me on the last question about uh, Nancy Lewis being the final. Um, Brian, I appreciate the heck out of you coming on and joining Lee and I tonight to talk RoboCop. I think this was a beautiful discussion. Um, I think I understand RoboCop in a deeper way than I ever thought I would. And I'm looking forward actually to a follow-up. I think um, it would be great to get you back to talk about 
Robo 2. Maybe we'll do a Robo 2, Robo 3 follow-up in a couple months. Oh, we gotta trash the remake, too. That's... Oh, God, yeah. Oh, maybe... see, I'm a remake defender. So maybe, oh, perfect, yeah, we'll, yes. we'll get all three oh, in. yes. But yeah, Brian, where where can people find you? Aside from what I already said, I'll warn you ahead of time. I plan to put your Twitter ID and a link to uh, the Tough Channel and the DVD Bunker in the uh, description of our podcast. But anything else oh. you want to say? No, I mean, definitely, that's it. Find me on the Tough Channel on YouTube. Uh, my show is called DVD Bunker. Uh, it's been going up weekly, so we're just churning them out. So oh, yeah, enjoy. I especially, I didn't get to say this, we talked a little bit before, I really liked Eastern Condors. we just done, uh, Lee and I, a few weeks ago, we recorded Enter the Dragon, and we talked a lot about Samo. Yeah, Samo Hong's so great, and that's just a really fun movie, and a really fun kind of genre blend. So, yeah, that's a good one. All right. Well, Lee, anything uh, you'd like to finish off with? Um, I'd love to point out that a few episodes ago, I forced you to spell out your Twitter handle while you were 18 sheets to the wind. Um, That joke is now on me because all I can do is ask, hey, Lee, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, so I wanted to say that after watching your uh, your DVD Bunker episodes, I watched three of them, and I wanted to say that, um, uh, first of all, I thought it was a kind of a, it was a original idea for me that, you know, you pull all these, I mean, first of all, that you collect them and that you pull them all out and you're just kind of like, oh, was it good or was it not good? I mean, it was a, it was a good idea. And then I wanted to leave you the words of Walter Benjamin, who was a, a literary genius if you've read anything that he wrote. And he said that every passion borders on the chaotic, but the collector's passion borders on the chaos of memories. And that's what you, that's what you reminded me of as I, as I watched some of your That's reviews. probably the most insightful thought anyone's ever had about me. So, <laughs> Very nice. Well, thanks a lot, guys. And uh, until next time.